Sayer. Welcome to Take the Stage, the podcast for speakers on The Speaking Life. We're going to dive into what it means to run a speaker business, how to get booked, how to keep your records, how to create messages that matter and make a difference. I'm Mary Snyder. I'm your host. I'm so excited you're here, and I'm here to help you take the stage. Hello, I hope you're having a great day today, and I'm excited about this episode. But before we jump in, I want to talk to you about a couple of things. Number one is, are you on the email list? If not, get over there. It is at takethestagepodcast.com, and you go to resources. You can join the email list. There's resources there. You just click on one of those. You're on the email list, and you get that great resource. Number two is if you want to get on the wait list for Activate for 2022, you get a big discount if you're on the wait list. You can do that by clicking on Activate. But also I want to remind you of the Facebook page. If you haven't joined me over there, it's at Take the Stage Speakers. Just search that on Facebook. And one more thing, I have a texting number. I know that sounds weird. But it's 205-964-5337. It's me. I text back and forth with you. You can ask me questions. I don't send out a lot of broadcast, maybe one or two a week. I might tell you about the upcoming episode, make sure you don't miss it, or share something I found that I find really interesting or send you a word of encouragement. So I wish you would join me again, 205-964-5337. So let's talk about today's episode. Today is an informational, educational episode. This is going to be one you may want to listen to more than once. You can take notes, truly go through the show notes on this one. It's going to be very important. So now you're wondering what we're going to talk about. Well, if you read the title, you already know. But how to create your very own speaker event. Well, let's start with the why. Before we get into the hows, why would you create your own speaker event? Well, there are several reasons, but number one is as a showcase. Think of it as a showcase of your skills and your message. This is going to enable you to invite people to come and listen to your message. Isn't that what you want? Of course, we all want to share our message. So, but who would you invite? We'll get into that in just a minute, but it's all about creating a platform. And I don't love that word, but an opportunity for you to show and not to tell because you're going to show your message. You're going to share your message. God entrusted you with this message and you are going to create an opportunity to share it with the people in your region. The funny thing is, when I first started speaking, I spoke everywhere outside of 40 miles of where I lived. That was where I spoke the most. If you ask people within a 10, 20 mile radius of my local church, if I was a speaker, if they knew me, they had no clue. Now, a lot of that was fear. A lot of that was I didn't know how to tell people that without sounding prideful, but I've since realized this is not about me. This is not about you. This is about your God-given message. Once I shifted and went from me, me, me 
to serve, serve, serve my person, everything changed. So I want you to think about that. Your ideal person, the woman or man who is waiting on your message right now could very well be in your home church, right in your neighborhood. All right, let's get into the how do you make this happen? I like to give myself a long runway. That's just who I am. Now, I will tell you, speaking events have a much shorter selling runway. And when I say selling, I mean on sale or marketing. You may not be charging for this. We'll get to that too. But first we want to do is pick the date. Now, as you think about the dates, think about what happens in your area. Now, I live in the deep south, so I would never do a Friday night. I could do a Saturday, but I would have to make sure it fit with all the football schedules. Because football is big here. I would not do a Wednesday. That's a church night. I could possibly do a Thursday, depending on the time of year. But that can be a harder night for the moms. The easiest time for me in where I live is either to do a Friday night in like January or February when it's just room and, you know, nothing's going on, or to do a Saturday morning. Again, in that same time frame, making sure I'm not near any big holiday or any big school event if I'm targeting the school age moms and parents. So pick the date. Again, being very cognizant of what goes on in your area. Ask people around you because maybe you don't follow basketball, but that's huge where you live and you have a lot of basketball people in your area and maybe that's a you know, I don't follow basketball either, so I'm a clue when they play that thing. But maybe you're a baseball person. And so make sure that you are working around all of the things. Now, you can't make it perfect. You can't find the perfect date that's not going to have somebody's ballet recitals going to be on it. But do the best you can. Select a date. I like to give myself about six months at minimum. But that's me. You may want to work faster. Then you're going to need to find the location. I prefer my local church. Number one is I know it well. I know what's expected of me. I know how to unlock, clean up, do all the things. And number two, if they charge me, they're going to charge me a very modest fee. And they may not charge me anything if I agree to do all the cleanup and put everything back together for Wednesday night, Sunday morning, whatever day I'm doing it around. But maybe you can't use your local church. And if not, find somewhere, either another local church, or maybe there is a a hall somewhere that you can use. We have some different event locations that aren't pricey in my area. We have the State Park has a really great event location. So find something that is affordable because you want to keep it very, very affordable because you're foot in the bill, remember? But not only affordable, but accessible. You want it to be in a place where people can easily get to. So I'm thinking of one place that I love, 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 but it is so hard to get to. And it's basically over the mountain and through the woods, over a couple of creeks, way off the interstate, way off the beaten path. So it's hard to get people to come there. All right. You've picked the date. You find the venue. But you may want to do this one first. You need to select your partners. And when I say partners, 
I mean the people that are going to link arms with you in more than one way. You would probably be better served to find people from area churches. So not just within your body, maybe reach out to some friends of friends to come alongside you. There may be another speaker in your area that says, hey, I would love to do that with you. Maybe there's someone who leads worship as an itinerant worship leader, and they are interested in coming in with you. Find your partners for your platform. That would be your speakers and your music. You may want one or two. Maybe somebody is more of an MC and they come alongside you and somebody has one message and you have a different message. So find those partners, but then also find what I like to call my promoter partners. These are my partners who are going to help me promote this. This could be within the body you're in, but also in other areas of your city, because we want to talk about who you want to be at this. You want to invite the event planners of the churches around you. Now, let me give you a suggestion and one that I've seen work super well is you invite two or three event planners to sit on a panel and they could talk about women's ministry. They could talk about serving the local church. Create the panel idea that fits your message. Invite them to come along with you. Ask them to share it with their people. It works. Because for every one person involved in your event, and when I mean involved, I mean somebody that is is meeting with you, is praying with you, is spending time planning together. For every one person involved, statistically, they will invite 30 people. Now, I'm not saying all 30 will come. So while you don't want a committee of 25, having 10 on a solid committee would be a great thing to have. And then let's talk about that, the planning process. So again, going back to the six months, you may already have the date and the venue, and then you start inviting the partners, or you may invite the partners in to dream with you and to help you at that point. So you've got all that in place. You have your partners, schedule regular face-to-face meetings when at all possible. They don't have to be long. You don't have to do it every month. But for the first four months, I would say do it once a month. So you're going to do your event is in six months. So you're going to meet your initial planning meeting on month one. Month two, you could do a Zoom meeting where you just kind of update where we are with, we've got this speaker, we've got this. You'll also want to decide your on-sale date. Now, whether you're going to sell tickets or make this a free event, let me give you a tip. People value things they pay for, even if they only pay $10. There's something about that exchange of consideration. I give you $10, you give me a ticket. And when you do that, it almost solidifies it in their calendar. I want you to just think about that. You may decide you want to do a totally free event and people just have to sign up. Either way, they have to let you know they're coming. And here's why. You want to communicate with them. You want to let them know a week before, three days before, the day before. Keep that at the top of their mind. So you're going to meet that first time, set everything in motion, 
And then you're going to decide your on-sale date. That's a big meeting. That could probably be about three months before the event. And then you start diving in the particulars. Who's going to handle tickets at the door? Who's going to manage the stage? And when I say manage the stage, I mean, who's going to make sure that, you know, speaker one goes on at the right time and comes off? Always great to have somebody side stage. And that's not you. That's not you. You are the speaker. How long will your event be? Will it be a two-hour event? Will it start at six and end at eight? Will it be a morning event? It'll start at nine, end at 11. Now, remember, if you go over lunch, you're going to have to break and either provide a meal, which trust me, is a lot, or you want to break long enough that they can go and find a meal. I like to do a two to three hour event with a nice intermission or two. That's just my personal preference, whether it's a 6.30 to 9.30 at night or a a 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. during the day on a Saturday. That's my preference. I think three hours is a nice amount of time. You can do a couple of good breaks in there and allow the women some time for networking and hanging out in those short breaks. So you have your meeting schedule that you're going to set up. Remember, you're going to have this committee of 8, 10, 12, whatever you decide. And you're going to meet once when you start your planning, you're going to meet before you go live with your marketing. So let's talk about live with your marketing, even if you're not ticketing. Everyone on your committee, you want them inviting their people. You want them putting it in their local church bulletin, if people still do those, or on their screen, or literally going from small group to small group with an invitation. I would love for you to join me. And maybe they make some phone calls, send some emails. Let their Bible study group know. Again, this is grassroots event. So you may end up with 50 people. You may end up with 500. It just depends on how much work everyone does. But remember, this is always about you sharing the message God has given you. This is your opportunity to showcase your message with the goal That the people listening and the people coming will say, oh, I would love for you to be at our church, or I would love for you to be at this event. So that's the goal. All right. You've created your campaign. You're getting the word out. Let me share one last idea with you. Sponsors. Whether you have 50 people coming or 500, you can find sponsors that will help underwrite your event. Let them know what they can do. It may be somebody that is a local vendor that is looking to get the word out about her product. It could be a a Christian counselor. It could be someone that has a donut shop. I will caution you, don't make it into a trail of vendors in the hallway. That's not my favorite. I love a few and those people can pay a little money to set up a table and share. Maybe they have jewelry they want to sell, or maybe it's something like a service. Like I said, don't forget that you can get sponsors for your event and ask for freebies. 
ask local book authors, ask book authors that are not local, if they would be willing to send you some books, if they'd be willing to send you some resources, all those things you can request. So let's recap really quickly. You're doing this because you want to showcase your message. You want more opportunities to speak. You're going to build a team of maybe additional speaker, maybe a musician. So you're going to build a show. Now you also have to build the show. So think about the flow of a show. Pay attention to what you like. What is an event that you love? Does it start with worship? Does it go into a fun message to kind of get you started? And then maybe there's an intermission. We come back with some worship and then we go into a challenging message that we close and maybe we close with worship and praise or an altar call. That's just one type, but you're going to decide that with your partners. You're going to maybe invite two or three of the women's ministry leaders, event planners from some of the churches in your region to sit on a panel. We could come out of the break and do a 20 minute panel interview with them. And remember, you're going to ask them if they will invite their people to come and see them on stage. And then you're going to create that campaign that let the people know that you have this great event. And you're going to share that through the local churches. You're going to share it through local community groups, everyone on that committee. You're going to ask them to share it with their sphere of influence. And then you're going to look for some sponsors. This is so doable. And I know you can do it. And I know if you do it, that you will open up yourself for more bookings. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I told you it was one that was going to require a pencil and a piece of paper and jotting down some notes, but you can always go to show notes at takethestagepodcast.com. Just click on podcast. You'll see the show notes are right there and you can review. I hope you have a great rest of your day. All right. Bye for now. Thank you for spending your time with me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, you will find links in the show notes, and those can be found wherever you're listening to this or at TakeTheStagePodcast.com. I'm Mary R. Snyder, and as always, I am here to help you craft a message that matters and take that message to the stage. Until next week, have a good one.